The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, Malden. Welcome to 02148. It is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. Good to see everybody. Hope everybody's having a great summer. Well, you know, we had the 4th of July, and, and like everybody knows, the summer just flies after that. Here we are at the end of July. But I'm so delighted to be with you tonight. You know, hosting this show uh, in Malden and being from Malden, uh, I get a real opportunity to, to have people... Uh, that I know, friends on, and, and people that I admire a great deal. And tonight's guest is at the top of that list. Um, been friends for many, many years. And uh, without further ado, he's Malden Advocates columnist uh, of famed Malden Musings. P please welcome the inimitable, the affable, <laughs> sweet Peter Levine. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I know I use that a lot, the you Elvis. Too. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I think people haven't heard it in a couple of years, so <laughs> thank you, Michael. I appreciate the, your intro. It's always a pleasure to be here with you and catch up and uh, I guess and to stay informed. Cause stay informed. Yes. You're a journalist. Yes, right? I am. Yes. And uh, we got to, and, and another reason, obviously, um, you know, the world stops for three days in August in Peter Levine's life when uh, uh, the Feast of St. Rocco comes to Yes, town, right? it does. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk a lot about that Yeah, tonight. good. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Malden stops. Edgeworth stops. Uh, not quite the world. We're working on that. <laughs> we're going to conquer. But there are other issues to conquer first. Uh, well, how you been? Good. I don't see good. you much anymore. Yeah. Your grandpa now. Uh, grandpa. You know, softened up. I've softened up in many different ways. Um <laughs> Over the last few years, especially with the grandkids, yeah. uh, they'll, the, they'll do that to you. Yeah, so they keep me occupied. Uh, five of the cutest little uh, human beings ever that ever existed. And, uh, yeah, they keep me busy and working, doing good, survived COVID as best I could. And yes, yeah, family yeah. healthy. Everybody's healthy, yep. Yeah. Um, I think since the last we talked, uh, <laughs> I can't even remember when it was. Not too long. Ago. Yeah, not too no. long ago. Yeah. But yeah, no, everything everything's fine. Yeah, good. everything's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, I say softened up. I, you know, growing up, uh, and you're, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Just a few years older than Couple me, years. and then knew my brothers, older brothers, uh, uh, early on, and were friends with them before you and I became friends. But I remember just Peter Levine. He was cutting edge. He's talking about these bands I never heard of. Mm. All and and now you're posting grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a beautiful thing. Well, the, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing, but still I'll, have that cutting edge. In I, I try, you know. I'm still, I still feel, I still feel that way. And um, you know, the Bob Dylan song. That's why I, I love him so much. And I know your brother Gary just adores him. Why he was so prophetic? The, prophetic. The times they are changing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could have. Yeah, that's that song is is my song, right? Absolutely, from those days to today, what kids will do to you, what settling down will do to you. It's, yeah, it took me long enough, but finally matured, and uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, you say prophetic. Well, how old was Dylan when he wrote that? Oh my goodness, <laughs> he wasn't like looking back on his life. He was in his twenties. Yeah, you would have thought he would be an, an right. old sage. Right, he was right. a baby, old soul. Right, right, old soul. Right from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing what he wrote. At that age, I mean, it, given into my 40s, I still couldn't come up with anything as profound as a song like that. Yeah. You know, just one of the lyrics alone, you know. Yeah. See, this is the kind of stuff. 
I expect from you. <laughs> Great insights. Um, for those people who don't know out there in Malden, and I doubt there are, are many, but we also, um, you know, we share this link of the show and then hopefully uh, uh, reach out to people who don't normally uh, get to see you or know you. But um, could you give us a little background on your writing in Malden Musings? And Sure. Yeah, so I started writing for Malden Musings in 07, mm-hmm. a one-off column that um, that I did. Didn't write another one for three, four months, so the only person who came up to me, and uh, he'll I know he'll be watching, he watches all these shows, Marty Gately comes up to me, says, Peter, when are you going to write another Malden Musings? Your first one was so good. Wow, Marty Gately said my column was good. Yeah. So I submitted another one, and it became a regular feature. My time at the uh, Observer ended about a month ago, which um, not a lot of people know. I, no. I only write for the Malden Advocate now. The Observer, I guess, uh, Gatehouse Media has eliminated all, I guess, any type of column with, column with opinion in it. Um, not sure exactly what they're, what they're carrying, but anything that um, uh, and all the local writers and um, I, I read about some woman in uh, Danvers, Mass., who wrote a column for the last 20 years for yeah. Gatehouse Media. She she also is, you know, she don't, doesn't know what to do with her time now. She's very disappointed. That was her love of writing this column. So, um, Was there any reason given for that? Uh, that uh, no that no reason that, that why they a, were getting away from content. Yes, I just don't made a know. Decision and just made that decision. Yeah. Um, Payroll, possibly, although we all were receiving, if I don't even know if all of us were, a small stipend. Right. So possibly could be that tightening mm. their uh, belts. They don't have beat reporters. It's not like when Nathan Lamb and um, um, uh, I forget. Oh, God, she'll kill me. I forget her name. <laughs> but she was the editor, yeah. and they also right. did right. local reporting. It's not those days anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not. Yeah, so uh, that could possibly have a reason. Um, a reason. So I don't write for The Observer, but I'm um, uh, writing for The Advocate every week, so uh, I'm still in print. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we were talking, it's a, you know, I, I concentrate on one al- uh, one album, one article now, and um, uh, I could put more thought into that one article. Yes. Get the best product and still instead of stretching it out over two. Although I do miss writing for the observer because like we spoke it had an online presence yeah once. that's huge yeah it, go, it went yeah. around the world like had folks like mike sabelli's parents from florida who looked forward to it every w- reading it every week well, um, i was going to say you and you you gathered a lot of content that way where people were able to yes they uh, wrote back wrote back know, and said oh yeah. you know give you stories give you exactly yeah. yeah so that helped quite a bit uh, so i do miss that but uh, the observer has been very good to me and they, they read the actual print media, they are print media. That's all they, basically all they are. And everybody reads that in the city of Malden because yeah. it's free. So, you know, they, everybody picks oh, up yeah. a copy. You My know? dad used to pick up several copies. <laughs> they were free. I remember, them. yes. <laughs> uh, but Malden Musings itself, was that It's something you inherited? I know you, you've had mentors that were, I said, Peter, you're the Malden's historian and you're always, want to deflect that and some yeah. of the people who came before you and, Speak right. to that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I got the bug uh, growing up reading uh, guys like um, Bill Minnie, who yeah. who documented the past from a first – we're talking about the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Wow. Documented the past firsthand, his reminiscence of stuff you'll never read again. Nobody's writing about it. The, those people are passing away slowly from the 30s, 40s, 50s, Malden, even the 60s. So you're not getting the, you may get the oral historians, right, the ones right. that are still around, but right. you don't get it in print anymore. Bill had it in print all the time. Guys like John O'Brien, the um, educator at Malden High School. Oh, yeah, the, um, um, he was a brilliant author, brilliant actor, brilliant teacher, and he used to write for the local papers and. That's where I got the bug. Even even guys like Don Squires, who wrote a column for one of the locals for years, Curbside, I think it was called. He was a cab driver, grew up in Mall. He was a cab driver and used to relate his stories to passengers that he'd pick up and to old friends that he would meet for coffee and sure. they would shoot the breeze. Ah. And yeah, yeah, yeah stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's where I got it from. And um, 
Um, I, you know, I always like writing and just one day, I said, I'm going to put some words together and see if I can get it printed. And, you know, they liked it. It's really good, Peter. Yeah, I thanks, Mike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I still consider myself a hack, you know, and when somebody says that, and I know you're just not saying it, no. you know, I, and I, I, no. I sincerely thank you for that. And, but, you know, I just can't. I just can't believe it's it's affected so many people like it has. You know, mm -hmm. they look so look forward to it every week, and it's such a pleasure to hear that. You know, yeah. considering I didn't take any, I'm not trained in this at all. No, you know, I, I mean, you, you, of course, you've gotten better as the years have yes. gone by. Yes, absolutely. Now they are a little lengthy. I, I you know, cut them down to fifteen hundred from three thousand to fifteen hundred. I, 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 I recall that the seven part history of Edgeworth. <laughs> Rivaled, you'll never see that rivaled again. Rivaled war and peace. You'll, you'll never see length. that. Learn my lesson, as you said. Or my mother used to say, "Yeah, I read half of it, take a nap, then go back for the second half." Right? <laughs> <laughs> you live, live and learn. But you want to get you get it's storytelling. I've I got I've got a lot. I you know yeah. I tell everybody I didn't do drugs growing up. Um, never never smoked pot, and I my drinking was limited at best and so i still have a lot of my Shut brain in. cells yeah, yeah you know so good and uh, yeah i want to continue to bring you know bring these stories so awesome yeah 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 um what was your latest my latest uh, so um last week um because uh See, I just got through telling you that I yes. never did drugs or track, <laughs> but I can't I put you on tell spot. you what I wrote was in last week's paper, but I can tell you what's in this week's article. It's a wonderful article. Yes, preview that for us. Uh, it's a wonderful article, and I, and, and I lead with the picture of Ralph Deterio from Galleria Umberto. Um, uh, we made a trip in there recently, and, a, and I decided to write about it. So I have his picture of him cutting up the square pizza from Gallo, the famous oh, wow. square pizza place. Yeah. So I got a picture. I was in there and took a picture of him. Yeah. And I mentioned how uh, we used to go there as, a ch as children, me, my brother, Joe, and Frankie. My mom used to take us. And and uh, and I mentioned how Ralph uh, has a Malden connection. He he was a Y rat back in the glory days of the okay. Y back in the A's. He worked out in the uh, weight room. So he's got a history with Malden. That's how I became friends with him. And, yeah, so – that's part of the article. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. But don't look forward to that. Yeah, thank you. But last week, I'll have to think about that one. Now, you mentioned that you don't have the online presence. So, well, you, the advocate uh, does. It's different, though. They, the, uh, the observer, I could post the actual article and people could just oh, click I see. on it. Right, right. The advocate does, but it's in a, the whole paper is a PDF form and you have to scroll through it. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It'll so it's a little it. work. Yeah. And you yeah. can't do, I guess, the actual article. I haven't figured out how to do it yet. So I try to post that, and I get, like, two likes, and I don't think people take the time to open it and read it yeah. as opposed to the observer where, you know. Oh, no, yeah, that probably viral. affects your readership. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So they've got a little presence. Okay. Which isn't bad. I, you know, like I said, I, I love The Advocate because everybody reads it in the city because That's it's true. for free. It's you know, true. The Observer was $2, and yeah. I, I'm not talking out of school – but two dollars—it wasn't worth two dollars. You know, it was no local yeah. news except my article. And well, print went through the roof, but it, you know, yes. was uh, uh, competing with online publications and whatnot. I mean, what is the, what is terrible? The, I, I, what is the Sunday Globe now? I took out six a long bucks. Left. It, yeah, it, no kidding. I just started reading it again because I missed Shaughnessy's columns. So yeah, I just yeah. started picking it up. Oh yeah, that's sports I, pages. I, yeah, the sports page is still yeah. incredible. Best, yeah. best around. Yeah. I stopped reading the Globe and the Herald because I couldn't afford it anymore. But I went back. I can afford six bucks on a Sunday, I guess. It's yeah, just a tremendous read. Yeah, so. I guess it's generational. I mean, you 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 say, yeah. well, you can go yeah. online and read it online, but there's nothing no. like spreading that paper all over. I, I know no. Greg Lucy, the city clerk, right now. Yeah. I know he nothing more he enjoys than getting that Sunday paper, yeah. spreading it out, just oh like me. Yeah, you know, finding you a quiet spot. Day. Right, yeah. you really could. Yeah. You know, there's so many interesting artists, so many great writers, Yvonne Abraham, Kevin Cullen. Yeah, yeah. Just throughout oh, the yeah. paper, I'm all in guy, Kevin Cullen. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm old school. You know, I, I bring it up, the funny papers over to, to the grandkids to try to get Lola, nine years old, to start reading papers. So I give it a funny paper. She's been reading them, and I try to leave Christian, the, he's 12, he loves sports. I leave him the sports section. 
I don't know if they recycle the paper as soon as I leave the house without reading it. And I'm not sure if they do that. But because these kids have tablets from they the have tablets. Right, right, they since don't know born, right? exactly, I mean, Michael. A, they yeah, don't know anything about the print. print media. You know, yeah. just what's in the yeah. tablet. So well, well, yeah, granddaddy's there to show them the way. <laughs> that's right. What, yeah, that's what we're here for. Definitely. Good stuff. Well, uh, we certainly got a lot to talk about with the with the upcoming uh, feast, which is um, two weeks from Friday, I guess. That's right. 12, yeah. 13th, 12, and 14th. 12, 13th, 14th. Uh, second, second weekend every August. Yeah. So this year falls on the 12, 13th, and 14th. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get to all that. I did want to touch upon, uh, I know something uh, near and dear to you was your, your time uh, as a friend and also as a manager of the late, great Preacher Jack. Yeah. Yeah, you talk we, a little bit about that, the, your sure. the managing years, your friendship? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because he, for a while, he lived in the apartment buildings right above us here. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. for a good 10-year period in the 70s, and rent was like a buck and a quarter a month. Sure. Yeah, he was telling me. So, yeah, Preacher, it was unfortunate. His playing days ended, um, I don't know, years just fly by. About yeah. six, seven years ago, he yeah. took a fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, never recovered. He spent the last six, seven years at the Tewksbury State Hospital. Right. I don't know if anybody knows anything about the Tewksbury State Hospital, but it's, it's the last stop for anybody on earth. They just, it's like a warehouse. They're wonderful, don't get me wrong, they're wonderful people working sure. there. Yeah. Seem like all caring people, yeah. but it is, it's not a place you ever want to be for any length of time. And Jack spent the last six, seven years there. And they you were able to see him, him up there? I saw him a few times. Yeah. Uh, he had visitors. Willie Alexander would go up there I and visit him a lot. That. Henry yeah. Farini. Yeah. Um, his brother George went up there a lot. So he had visitors. And I did not go up there a lot, I'll be completely honest. I did visit him a half a dozen or so times. Yeah. But yeah. it was very tough, very, very, tough, very yeah. depressing that... That man that I knew, that energetic man, full of life. Oh man, full yeah. of life. And brilliant. Yes, Genius. brilliant. Relegated to you know, basically sitting around a community room all day and being taken care of, which was very. So he sad. he couldn't physically play the piano anymore. Or, or when he at got that point? there, when he got there, he was still able to yeah. um, play a little bit, and yeah. eventually he just couldn't play anymore. Yeah. Towards the end of his playing days with oh, me, oh. he was. He was forgetting words oh, to yeah. songs that that he had sang a thousand times. And I saw that happen with Johnny Cash, actually. Johnny Cash's last appearance in Boston, we went to see him at the Harbor Lights, come out for the encore of, of all songs, Boy Named Sue. And he got through the first verse, and he couldn't remember the words, and he stopped, and he goes, it's been a long night, folks. I know you'll understand. He just walked off. It was happening to Jack, too, and yeah. I saw it. Yeah. People still loved him. Um, then he took the fall, and then he went to the hospital, and they were giving him good care. But then he caught COVID. He got caught up oh, in boy. you know the epidemic, yeah. and uh, he just was not strong enough to uh, to beat it back. And one of the last times I was up there, and I think I wrote about it, was his nurses and his fellow, for the lack of a better word, fellow inmates, patients. Did all all they knew was Jack pre, uh, John Coughlin, this oh they 70, didn't know no this seventy three year or seventy four year old man who's bedridden who's in a wheelchair knew nothing about his uh, background so I brought up a box of his CDs wow. gave them to the nurse for all the nurses because they didn't know anything yeah. and his friends that he had made there I gave him a box and. I found out there was a big hit. I went up there months later, and they said, oh, my God, thank you so much for the uh, CDs. We had no idea, his nurses and caretakers. They had no idea. So it was just, it wow. was just, it was just, a, it was a sad time. Uh, was he able to enjoy the, the were they complimentary or? Yes, they, oh, yeah, they know, all, yes, yeah. And, and I could tell that one of my, one of the last visits, they were really extra attentive to him. Mm. You know him for his outsized personality, and he still had it there, and he would still be able to charm whoever was, yeah, to you tell know. Tell a story still? Yeah, 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 yeah. And just that charming personality yeah. that he had. And yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and um, it was sad. Uh, his brother George ended up having a little memorial for him. Six, seven months later, he was cremated, and 
he was uh, his ashes were placed next to his uh, grandmother's uh, grave at the Forestdale Cemetery. About 25, 30 of us showed up, and we had a nice little uh, send-off for him. People told stories, and uh, um, just a nice little time for uh, Jack. He, he would have enjoyed it. and He was quite a guy. He was quite a character, a very complex man. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, and obviously the, the kind of sad last couple of years here on Earth, but, uh, but you also uh, witnessed the brilliance, right? And, that, and I always thought when you introduced, I think me and my family to him, the Blue Star, La uh, Blue mm -hmm. Star Lounge residency. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was considered late, right? I mean, he had a 70s and 80s heyday, correct? Right. That was yeah. considered late. Yeah. And that was just you phenomenal. Saw, you saw how brilliant that was right. late in his life. Forget Frank about. Steakhouse and. Forget years. about his 1970s shipwreck lounge days when he would <laughs> 24 beer bottles uh, on the bar the other night he'd sweep up sweep them off the bar George Thorogood in the audience singing songs with oh him. My God. never mind the 1980s when he was this close to getting signed by Columbia Records right right and there tell that that's a good example of his very complex emotional system. Um, he could not handle um, the thought of him making it big. He just couldn't handle it. He actually sabotaged his chance with Columbia Records the last night of his not uh, residency. Not uncommon. Not uncommon, exactly, no. exactly. And uh, from there, he just went into his kind of steady decline until we caught up to him in 1990 seems we breathe a new life into him that's when he uh. started his frank steakhouse residency uh, yeah. and right. all that madness right, that was right. at frank steakhouse right. so his career was just so i mean he goes f as far back as the late 1950s when he used to play at arnie ginsburg's uh, Arnie Woo Woo Ginsburg's car hop on Route 1 in the 1950s. He goes that far back, and he was, that's when his star was was shining bright yeah. in those days, you know, before everything caught up to him. Yeah. You know, the drinking and the, um, you know. But just it's not hyperbole to say this man's, this man as a musician, his boogie-woogie piano playing, was as good as it gets. As good as it gets, right? He, he was a he was a, a underground cult um, figure, you know, legend, and on yeah. the North Shore, yeah. good enough for George Thorogood, right. the George Thorogood, to take interest and get him signed to Rounder Records, right? Right. You know, and um, yeah. you know, no better compliment than Nuno Betancourt of Extreme when he first saw him, and he says, "Whoa, I mean, there's not many people that I've witnessed that." become oh. one with the same instrument. He goes, Eddie Van Halen was like that, became part of the yeah, instrument. There's no doubt. It was Preacher a Jack was like that. Spiritual experience right. to watch, let alone to, to watch. he was having. Right, because his whole, however you define soul, yeah. his whole soul oh. was invested, Yeah, totally invested in this because he believed so sincerely in his God belief that it just overcame every fiber in his body when he'd go into his gospel. Every fiber. Oh, and you oh. whispered. You, yeah. you, you witnessed it when he did his gospel sets. And didn't even have to be gospel sets. He incorporated it into his, just his regular right, rock right, and roll. Right. Um, just um, incredible. And, and I've never seen anybody be able to perform no matter what the audience looked like, he performed to the audience and pleased every audience he ever, whether it be a wedding or a night nightclub full of nobody paying attention or a nightclub full of punk rockers. Uh, yeah. Didn't matter. He charmed the audience no oh. matter where he was. Never saw anything like that, you know. Yeah. Quite a guy, quite a character, quite a character. Well, yeah, we were fortunate. Yes, we were. Yeah. You know, we, we caught him at a great time and we had some wonderful experiences with him his music is just it's just uh you know it's boogie woogie a it was a it was a dying art form mm. for a lot of people he brought it into their consciousness you know in the last 25 30 years yeah just of course jerry his, lee was his hero jerry lee was yeah. his mentor yeah. and he was friends with jerry lee he, well, first time he met him he goes yep 
I stole every lick I could <laughs> learn from you. I stole everything from you. So yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, from the best. Yeah, yeah, that was his. Uh, that was his go-to guy. And last few years, you did end up actually managing. Uh, yes. Oh, right. yeah. Right. right. No, right. I, I just glossed over that. Right. I right. became his manager. His manager, uh, Al Cocorocchio, uh, hightailed it for Nashville, for for greener greener fields, and uh, Jack <laughs> was left for no with nobody, and you know, and Pam and I took it upon ourselves initially. She was in on it at the beginning, yeah, yeah. and she abandoned me, and I had to manage them by myself. <laughs> some, some tough nights. <laughs> some tough nights, yeah. So I managed him for a good seven, eight years, yeah. kept him employed, kept him fed, kept him clothed, yeah. uh, babysat him, uh, did everything for Jack. And, you know, yeah. he held up his end of the bargain. He performed 99% of the time without throwing a hissy fit, 99% of the time. And it was it was a wonderful experience. I gained right. a lot of experience, met a lot yeah, of people managing yeah. him. You know, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience doing that and getting to, getting to meet Willie Alexander and getting to sit down with Willie and talk about music in the Boston in, yeah. in the 60s. And him, wow. You know, and him meeting on, on a, with Bob Dylan on a, one-on-one -on -one basis on a peer-to-peer -peer basis. Wow, and yeah. You must yeah. have been. Yeah, it was, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So meeting guys like him and Sal Baglio and from sure. Stompers. And wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. So What did he call you? Uh, he called me the... Uh, many <laughs> He called me uh, the good... Um, was uh, Elvis's manager. The Colonel. The Colonel. The good Colonel. The good Colonel. He didn't consider Colonel the Colonel... He thought the colonel did wrong by Elvis in many ways, but he called me the good colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a guy. Quite a awesome. Guy. Well, yeah. that was nice yeah. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Right. I love talking about Preacher. He just brings back so many good memories. Yeah. Rest in peace, my friend. Yes. Brother Michael. Absolutely. That was the first Brother and only Michael. time I was called Brother Michael. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he gave, gave you all those names. Guys, all those names. That was so much fun, wasn't so it? So much fun, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So much yeah. fun. So many great memories. Did he, did he revive the Blue Star Lounge at the time? <laughs> was, well, was Sunday the, nights. They were he, having country western nights? Yeah, or, Sunday or? nights he certainly did. But where, where, he, where he revived was for seven years at Frank's Steakhouse. Frank's Steakhouse, Thursday yeah. and Friday yeah. nights. Both vintage nights. performances. Vintage right? performances. Yeah. Packed nights yeah. for seven straight years. video of that out, right? And, yes, there was this young young guy, Chris. I forget his name. Chris Clark, who would take his little handheld before there were phones. And just videotaped the Michigas that was happening that night, whether it was on stage <laughs> or in the crowd. He'd go to the people that were yeah. drunk, and you know, he'd go back to Jack right. and full very. This is before artsy. cell phones. Before and cell phones, right, before you know, any of the videos, so that yeah. pictures were, and videos were so ubiquitous. You know, he right, had that right. camera that no one else did. Yeah, and he recorded some wonderful, crazy moments in Jack's wow. performance. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was over-the-top performances. Um, did seven years there, and his welcome kind of got uh, got worn out at the end with the Ravanis brothers, Billy and George. Uh, they were kind of uh, needed a change of pace, so they kind of phased Jack out, and it was history from there. That's when uh, we started, I started booking him, getting him uh, more gigs, and, you know, Getting him out there to clubs like uh, Club Bohemia and um, uh, um, the Cantab Lounge and other you know venues around Boston where he had never been seen before, wow. winning over new people. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, you know punkers that uh, never saw him. You yeah, know, that's awesome. Kick out of him. So, that's awesome. Yeah, quite a guy. Uh, all right. Wow, we spent a good amount of time on the preacher. Yeah, could talk that's all day about good Jack. stuff. Before yeah, I forget, because you, you you referenced. Um, Johnny Cash. Now, didn't he play? You saw him in Boston. Towards the end, didn't he play the Topsfield Fair? Or is that, am I That's thinking? where I initially saw him. Oh, you did see him at Topsfield yes, Fair. Yes, in 92, pre-Rick Rubin. I was just going to say, I'm just getting into the Rick Rubin recordings, Peter. Incredible, you Rick Rubin. turned me on to Johnny Cash. Incredible. Incredible and what he did. that was a revival in that his was career his revival, in the 90s, brought right? brought him back. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah those songs, so, oh. so well put together, his voice. Ruben worked with his gravelly, aging voice. Yeah. Worked, made it work for right, him. Right. And it, right. incredible what he did. There. I saw him at Tosfield Fair where it was pre-Rick Rubin. He was still doing the 
like a 1960s shtick with uh, his wife. Yeah. And um, it was like he had his camper right there, and I knock on the door. He answers it. He signs my picture. No. I took about 20 pictures of him. I've I think got I've these seen great. Those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Uh, Incredible. Yeah, before he became, you know, famous again. Right, right. Not that he was never, you know, ever not famous, but he had that low. Well, this is like a treat. How do we get to see him here? Right. Know? I mean, he was a legend. A legend. And I had to be there. Then when Rick Rubin took over his career, like just shot through the, yeah. you know, everybody, all, everybody wanted to record with him, you know, Trent Reznor. That's uh, right. Hurt. He did that. Hurt, yeah. Right? Famously. Um, I think I saw, like, his really his last performance was after June, his wife had, had passed, passed, I believe, and it was, and he didn't last too much longer after. Not after. I don't, no. Um, huh? Wait, why? Where did you see him? It looked, I it I looked like, his... it looked like a fair a, a tom's it was and he they he was literally at a wheelchair and they oh they no kid okay yeah then i stand correct because he would still be able to stand when i no, saw this really that's why it did that kind of jumped out ah. at me when you said that I, i'm pretty sure wow when i look it up it says last performance i forget what it was no kidding and he's, you know he he got through a couple of songs and yeah it was just but um, you know, a little sad. Yeah, like yeah. That, but. I don't want to bring it off topic, but yeah. uh, it's in the news right now. Have you seen Joni Mitchell's, Mitchell's yes. version of "I Was Emotional"? She, what she she's did to, back from a. I don't want to, she had a brain aneurysm. Yes, yes. She had to learn to oh, walk. She had to learn God to talk, almighty. dress herself again. And she, uh, she yeah. killed that song. I heard she killed the whole set. But that song, how yeah. she was like a, a wizened old jazz singer, you wow. know. Amazing, man! I just blew me away. Incredible, me away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really heartwarming, uh, touching. Legends, geniuses. Yeah, right? yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're getting older, you know. This is the Peter Levine I wanted to bring to the folks. <laughs> cutting edge from Johnny the '60s. Mitchell, Jody Mitchell ain't very cutting edge, but Johnny Cash. Johnny yeah, right, Cash, right. right? Yeah, it's about <laughs> as cutting edge as I get these days. Nine Inch Nails reference. Okay, All right. Um, but. Uh, so that's great stuff, Pete. Thanks for sharing all that. And uh, of course, in two weeks, the great St. Rocco's Feast is back in Malden. Um, I wanted to, to, to give, because I, I always think, tell me this, when it wraps up on Sunday, mm -hmm. right? Is it a week or two before you and the folks are back having a meeting? I'm just thinking the preparation for this thing is, is year to year, if uh, almost a full year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, uh, we get together very early, January, yeah. February, okay. very early. Right. A lot goes into this thing. A lot goes into it. You know, but I'll tell you who makes it look easy is the, um, she is the, um, for the lack of a better word, she's the St. Rocco's Society president or committee head right now yeah. joyce mover joyce mover sure i mean she's just incredible she just makes it look so easy granted she's got great people working for her anthony spatafora sure. johnny spatafora the cagnos uh, myself you just tell us what Ju uh, peter giuliani uh you just tell us what needs to be done and we'll do it but she just her organizational skills are just tremendous and it will be really difficult to run a St. Rocco feast if we didn't have Joyce on board and I just want to throw that out. Absolutely. But yeah, she yeah. yeah, she these she meetings and the organizational meetings that we have. And then the passion from everybody, the for the love of the the tradition of, of Cause, the feast. Yeah, cuz cuz it it runs so deep in the neighborhood and a lot of the people on the committee and a lot of people that still attempt their forefathers is they Grandfathers, their great grandfathers uh, were the started the feast back in the late twenties. Unbelievable. And yeah, yeah, and so it runs very deep in that neighborhood with the Italians that settle there, and it, it's a very personal thing with them. They Don Fomano, you know, it's 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 very important for him to remember his parents, sure. you know. Um, And, and very the, generational exactly it's been handed down the yeah. tradition over the yeah. years and the I origins of it was to help the community raise funds to right for the, for the needy because it was there were the immigrants from italy coming over here and a lot of them were coming with just the clothes on their back sure they'd settle in the to a familiar neighborhood where their paisans from their neighborhood in italy settle 
And uh, it was a way of providing for them until they got on their feet, uh, food, uh, clothing, uh, whatever they needed to sustain themselves uh, until they got on their feet. And uh, yeah, it's very personal. Um, and, and it's personal for me too. And I only go back to 67. I was going to ask you when Yeah, was well, my first, first feast, yeah. my brother oh. Joe took me to, so, you know, I was 10 years old. Well, and, don't disparage that. That's a long way back. <laughs> <laughs> 67. <laughs> what a year. Socks, the impossible uh, dream team. I know, I what know. a I, year. I know. My first St. Rocco. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a while back. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right, it, Michael. It, Thank it, you for reminding me. But it goes back another 40 years. Go, think years. of the think of those others who go back another 60 yeah. years. Yeah. So, but it this goes back. A lot of my friends have passed on, guys like Jimmy Damiano, yeah. Richie Cremoni, Phil Longo. Yeah. So many guys have yeah. passed on that are, were a big part of this feast. So you try to, it's three days. You know, I, I remember them every day of the year. I don't need three days in August to sure. remember them. But right. it's right. special. You, yeah. you're, you're sitting around for three days and you're toasting them. And well, what a wonderful gift and privilege you have to, because they see this as you write about these folks and tribute them yeah. and memorialize them in your articles, which is just wonderful. That's one of the... Or cathartic for you. Yeah, absolutely. Cathartic is a good word. Very good word, Michael. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. It's Brushing up on my... <laughs> I have a journalist on tonight. tonight. It's very cathartic, and I feel privileged that I can do that for these people, yeah. to, huh? for people to remember them. It's wonderful. Guys like Richie Cremoni, who meant so much to the neighborhood and to Malden, to so many people, and... You know, even to guys like Preacher Jack, he had nothing to do with St. Sure, Rocco. Sure. But, you know, to be able he to... He played there. He played one of the hottest played, set I've ever seen down That's there. right, he did. He played with some great performers that night. All the Drifters were playing that night. So um, that was maybe 2010, something around there. Yeah, could have been that far back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a... Uh, that's why the uh, people are so enthusiastic about it, I think, is because it... It hits so close to home yeah. and in their heart, and you know, the memories. Yeah, and, you know, and so. So what's know. on tap? We 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 start off Friday night. So Friday night we switched it up a little bit. Um, we all love the reminiscence. They're part of uh, the yes. Malden Summer se Concert Series for the longest. That's right. Act like thirty years, and we've had them for a long time also. But we wanted to switch it up a little bit this year and. On a Friday night, we have the uh, dance band Wildfire. I've never seen them, but everybody who tells me they've seen them, they're just an incredible performance they put on. And uh, they're very popular. They play all up and down the North Shore, very professional. And they have a huge crowd, which um, is, is beneficial. Although they say no matter who you have playing, if you have good weather, it's going to bring the people out no matter what. That's what it's been in everybody's experience. As long as you have good weather, you're going to get the people it's true. up. It's nice and nice to have a great band like Wildfire, but um, yeah, that's... I, 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 think you, I think you kidded about that in your article um, previewing this event, saying the only time the only time my Edgeworth residents look at the weather is, is a week before. The, the week prior to. Week prior. <laughs> exactly. Right, it just right, means right. so... It, mean, it really is. That was just not a throwaway line either. It means so much yeah. to so many people. The backyard parties that have been a staple there for 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah. Um, the, when St. Peter's was uh, an active oh, church. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that was so yeah. centered with St. Peter's. Right, and right. Everybody, oh, that, talent, yeah. And that was big when that aspect, it was, aspect of it was just pulled out from under yeah. Edgeworth just like that. People cried. I saw people crying, you know, when the word finally came down that first year without St. Peter's yeah. as the Big anchor. Thing. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. St. Peter's was the, the, the rock of that neighborhood. Very good. The rock. Um, so, yeah, that's no throwaway line. Um, Saturday night's going to be a great night, too. We're doing, trying something different. And I'm hoping, we're hoping that the old adage where if it's good weather, people are going to come out anyways. Yeah. We're hoping it's good weather because we have something different that night, never appearing on the streets of Edgewood. We have dueling pianos. Ooh. Yeah, D Davina Yanity is a, uh, it's a superb, incredible musician, but she does this for a living, just 
this dueling piano thing. And she's got a partner, and they'll be on stage. And it'll be like at one of those nightclubs where, you know, those nightclubs uh, uh, are, are really they they love their dueling pianos they whenever they have those performances it's usually a standing room only and yeah they right people right. get into it so it'll be the same thing we'll try to replicate that on the streets of uh, pearl street you'll be able to um through some sort of app that davina has that she'll have on the stage you'll be able to text a request to her and it'll come up on a screen yeah so they'll be doing that and yeah yeah so the guys our age, that is astonishing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> astonishing stuff is right, Michael. Yes. Wow. I'm going, how is it going to do that? Yes. Right. Right. Which is very, um, it's very different for yeah. St. Rocco's considering in the 1950s, one of the nights on Saturday night, what they would do. And I'm thinking, I'm hoping it's just a portion of the night. Or maybe it was a whole night. They would run a clothesline across Pearl Street, and they would run the movie. Please come to my come to my memory. <laughs> they would run the movie of the young girl who saw the Virgin Mary. I have it in the article. That um, movie uh, uh, with bells. Uh, oh, oh, with uh, with um, what's his name? Oh God! Go ahead. Now, now we're both. Choking. Go ahead. Um, the bells of. Uh, uh, I didn't mention it in this article. We have two old, old men <laughs> but deteriorating I'm, before your eyes. It was an hour and a half movie. Is about this the young girl who met, uh, the Fatima at Fatima. I forget, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they'd run that movie in a loop. I think all night. I'm pretty sure all night for four or five hours on a bed sheet. That would be the entertainment for Saturday night. When did they do that? In the fifties, oh, Dom the 50s. told me. Yeah, is that right? I don't think it made into the 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 the, the crazy sixties. I think the Eisenhower years they were still able to get away with it. But when the Beatles hit uh, America, everything changed. Yes, everything changed. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. that we've come a long way from running that movie to interactive dueling pianos on Pearl Street mm-hmm. on Saturday night. So you say you didn't do much drinking. I got a lot on my mind. I'm looking forward to seeing the grandkids after this. And I'm just kidding. That's uh, come a long way, though. Yes, uh, yes. Did I read? Is, is Mr. Our mutual friend and comedian Dave Russo making an appearance? Dave will be back once again. Oh, awesome. awesome. I don't know what Day, uh, Joyce Mover has on him, but uh, Joyce has him back every year, and he just loves to come back. And that Saturday night is or you not? Yeah, for yeah. Saturday night. He he'll be sort of, you know, he'll move the night along. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll walk around, he'll be his affable self oh, he's and the best. you know, yeah. take pictures and make with the funny jokes <laughs> and you know, um uh, all that stuff. So he'll be there for uh Sunday. Um Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sunday's going to be a great day too. Um you know, as, as you probably know, we do the procession. Yes. Um uh we started at one. We walked through the streets with the saint. Um, um, you said that's changed over the years. Yes, the streets it has. used to be flooded. Yeah, well, with, with folks. Yeah, so in the old days when the demogra- demographics of Edgeworth were a lot different, it was oh, yeah. all Italian. Yeah. Uh, one half of it was Italian. One half was, uh, was Irish. So as the years go by, of course, we know we have a large Asian population in Edgeworth now. So. They've cut the streets down from what from what I heard was every street in the Italian section of Edgeworth to now we walk down just half a dozen or so because of the demographics, because we they've identified these streets where there's nobody left that from the old days. Oh, there's okay. no more Italian families. Okay. There's no so families a that, that are that out there. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's that we've identified the streets where Families still live, the Antonettis, the uh, Decandias, the uh, Fomanos, uh, you know, whoever else. They've identified the Goodwins. They've identified the streets. And so we've cut it down to just those streets now okay. where they uh, walk the uh, saint down. Um, so, so less of a walk. Obviously. Well, you know, we still spend three hours. Oh, I mean, Yeah, well, no, you know what happens now is we, we stop it like, Alice Spatafora's house. Okay. Alice is 95, and she's a staple. The family is 
there forever and sure. they helped so much with so we stopped there for like 10 15 minutes refuel and then we'll stop at dom's house you know he has a large uh, family they will right, stop right. there for 10 minutes yeah yeah so we'll make a few stops at the family's houses and recognize them and yeah. thank them for being out there nice. and, so it drags on for three hours. I'll wear good shoes that day. <laughs> uh, my best uh, walking shoes. Um, so we'll do that to about uh, 3, 3.30. And uh, we have the band Seabreeze. Uh, they're an Italian uh, um, big band yeah. that will play. They've been there before, haven't yes, they? Yes, they have. Yeah, I remember. They're Excellent. wonderful. Yes. Uh, they yep. do everything. Uh, show tunes, Italian yes. tunes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Steve Savio, the singer, is just uh, he's just incredible. Yeah. yeah, just a great performer. So we'll have them on first about 4 o'clock, and after them we have the um, uh, Billy Joel Tribute Band. Right. Hard Attack, 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 attack. Act, act, Five Acts. I'm not going to do them all. They'll be performing uh, to, to uh, you know, end the uh, evening. Yeah. And uh, we're still not sure if we're having uh, the grease pole. We've secured the yard, so that's not a problem. We're just trying to... I guess the organizers just trying to see if they can gather the troops yeah. another year. And um, well, a lot of history with that. Um, big gap where it w wasn't taking place for many years, correct? That that's correct. There was an incident, I believe, sometime in the early to mid '80s, where okay. a young young boy was climbing. He got hurt, yeah. sued the parish, and. Yeah. That's when they said, well, we can't afford to, for that to happen anymore. Yeah. So they eliminated it until about four or five years ago. It was a good 30-year run with no grease bowl. Wow. And uh, so uh, Nick Gizzy, who grew up on Pearl Street, now lives in Iowa. Don't ask me why. He doesn't even know why. Uh, he has been organizing it from, from remotely, getting yeah. all the boys together. Wow. And, uh, yeah. and I'll tell you. Wouldn't be able to survive if the girls, for the first time, didn't start climbing. Uh, I think it was two years ago or three years ago. That's right. The girls started climbing. Yeah. Uh, girls um, that um, that they hung around with the Andy Riganos hung around with the oh, Nicky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all grown up now. Yeah. Well, mothers and stuff. Girls like um, I should say women. Uh, they're now women. They're not little girls anymore. Right. Gina uh, uh, Spatafora Hurley. Uh, Janelle DeVitt, um, Deanna DeMeo. Wow. There's a whole crew of them now that, are, yeah, that, are, that are joining in. So wouldn't be able to do it now without them either. So I guess it's a group effort, and they're trying to get them together to, 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 you know, to see if they get enough bodies. And, if, so. and that generally <clears throat> Sunday early evening? Yeah. 6 o'clock, 5 Yeah, usually, well, you know, it's, it's always – since it came back, we've yeah. tried to balance so we're not taking away the greaseful, grease pole from the, the entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to time it, and we've yeah. done okay. We, there's been a little overlap here and there, but yeah. we're hoping that they go on um, after a sea breeze and before heart attack. You know, so they, But they might overlap heart attack, but maybe not so much, uh, you know, not a lot of time. Uh, so we're trying to organize that right now, but it's a It'll be quite an afternoon, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of action on Sunday. It's a good day to be there. Yeah, and um, you're a tired individual at the end of all this. Oh, my goodness. Right? I usually take you off Monday. For, yeah. Hi, hibernate for at least two weeks. <laughs> Don't show my face. I'm Like now I get a horse, uh, uh, a very hoarse voice. And, yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. Because I am the entertainment for the lack, again, for the lack of a better word, director. Yeah. I've got to be out there, you know, know. I mean, just making sure that there's no glitches. And, I know. You know, I'm walking around, people offer me uh, beers from time to time. <laughs> and to be polite, because it's St. Rocco, I'll accept. accept. You cannot say you, no, no during St. Rocco. You'll insult uh, some of the Italians down there. You can't insult them by saying no. <laughs> so I'll have to drink a few beers you drink here a few. and there. Right. You're getting a little wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> On occasion, I'll get a little wobbly. So, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a fantastic weekend again. Yeah. Like if anybody in Malden didn't know, it is starts on Friday night. Speaking of weather, yeah. it starts the 12th, 13th, and 14th of August. Right. Um, I, I recall a few years ago where there was literally a rainout. Was it a Friday night or was it, was it the Friday weekend? Night, Michael. Was it just that Friday night? Just was that the only one in, in recent memory that in you my, can? In, since, since I've been working on the 
committee 15, 20 years now. Yeah. It's the only time. And I'm trying to think back to 67, 55 or so years ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think back that far and to remember yeah. any nights that could cancel, very rare. But it was only that one night torrential, torrential. downpour. Yeah. Torrential didn't let that's up what either. It would take to that's what cancel it usually, that thing. Right. That's what it usually takes. We'll, right. It'll go on if it's. If it's spitting, you know, if it's a, you know, a light rain and, you know, we'll, a bunch of us will pray to St. Rocco sure. to for better weather and usually comes through for us. So yes. we've been lucky. Yeah. We've been lucky. Well, yeah. It's usually a nice hot weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Know. It can't be too hot, hot though. Too hot can be tough. Too hot can be tough. People don't like to come out That's too true. hot. That's uh, true. Well, yeah. you mentioned your first uh, experience in 67. Um, eight, ten-year-old Peter ten years old, running around Peter with Levine. your family, running around with Joe. He takes me um, down. When did it? When did it progress to you became part of the? Shortly after, well, shortly after, maybe the next year, sixty-eight, the year of the pitcher, Bob Gibbs and Danny McLean. I'm hanging around with my boys at that point: Jimmy Damiano, yeah. Mike Sabelli, Frank Levine. We're on our bikes all the time. We can leave the house without parental supervision. Yeah. So it's probably sixty-eight when. We started go. I started going down on my own. Oh, right. you know, with my right. boys. No, I mean when you became part of the part of the committee. Committee only. Yeah. yeah. Only within the last 15, 20 years would they ever allow a half Italian, half <laughs> Jew to be involved with the Saint Rocco committee. <laughs> they overlooked the Jewish father and their young mom. She was the best. Made the best uh, sauce. You could be on the committee. <laughs> I kid, of course, yeah. uh, but it's been about 15, 20 years, yeah. and I jumped at the, when yeah. Dom asked me, Dom Fomad, jumped at it to be part of that. I really felt, I really felt part of, you know, I always felt part of the sure. neighborhood, but I really felt part of, because if you're not, if you're not in with that, the Fomanos, and I'm kidding here, everybody. I'm, if you're not in with the Fomanos and the Cagnos and the Polios and the Angel, if you're not in with them, you're not part of Edgeware. you got to be part of. You turned into a Sopranos character. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I always felt part of the neighborhood. Yeah, but it was really awesome. nice to be to to join in with these guys and you know be part of this, this. This thing of ours, yeah, yeah. St. Rocco's, yeah. uh, Sopranos reference, you this thing of ours. Okay. You got that, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, about 15, 20 years, and it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. yeah a lot of fun. Doing labor it. of love. It's a labor of love, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work for those three days, and prior to that, too. That's what you I know? mean, the preparation. Yeah, the prep that, that goes into it. Yeah. Uh, but those three days really take their toll, and, you know, but, yeah, so it's a labor of love. It's the least I can do. When are you gonna get those slip kid kids down there? You know, we almost show? we almost had that. Yeah, I know gig. he's wanted to do it. We yeah. almost had that gig two years ago. We were looking for a boffo Saturday night because it was our ninetieth. I had right. I had Pat Badge's Eagles tribute band lined up. I was in talks oh. with Pat and his manager. They were gonna give me a good price, and I ran it by Gary three, four, five months earlier, and he said, yeah, well, if we're available, you know, if, if all things come into, you know. Right, right. It all fell apart, though, a couple of months earlier. I forget the reasons why we couldn't have it, so we went with um, uh, that, uh, um, the uh, Broadway um, uh, band there. Uh, the did the, uh, again, I didn't do any drugs or drink. <laughs> I can't remember back three years. But we ended up going with that. Well, <laughs> it was a. It wasn't Slipkit. It wasn't Slipkit or Doc Desert Eagles, but um, yeah, uh, we'll 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 work on something. Maybe maybe next year we'll put that bill together. Of Wouldn't course, that be wonderful? Oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, of course, Beetlejuice played for many 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 years. Yes, it? we we made a, a switch this year actually yeah. uh, with them. Uh, we took a little break from them. We had them for many many years. Yeah. Always crowd pleaser. Uh, yeah. Who doesn't love to go home singing the Beatles songs? Um, Did you have them when, may I ask, when Brad was still in the no, band or no? So it was no. shortly after when they... It was shortly after. Yeah, yeah. They had the three singers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Just as good, yeah. But yeah. nobody uh, could beat Brad. Oh. How, how he would manage to sound like both John and Paul at the same the time? Yeah, yeah. Incredible he was just, vocalist. Yeah. Wonderful human. What a human. treat to go local and see... Brad Dell. Brad Dell. Right. Go see Beatles. What a treat! Yeah, and some of the where right. 
I mean, it was so tragic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, we've had, and, and they've been excellent, even with the three singers. They're wonderful singers, too. Yeah, well, absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. That's I, a great show. I, I love uh -huh. to see Beetlejuice all the time. And like I said, you'd go home singing Beatles songs. Uh, I joke in, I think it's this week's article, maybe this article, maybe this week's article coming up that this Saturday night with the dueling pianos, they'll be yeah. doing show tunes. I'm predicting many, many guys leaving that night will go home singing show tunes. That's what I'm predicting. Dana Brown will leave that night singing show tunes. Is that right? Kenny Coy, yeah. that's what I'm predicting. Okay. Well, All right. I, I may not attend. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> good stuff. Peter, believe it or not. That can't like, be it. Like it would be a surprise that we flew through that this That can't hour. be it. Well, we're down to the last few minutes. Okay. Um, it's been a pleasure. You know, have, have I been on since the time you, I, and your brother Gary were on? Have I been on since then? Yeah. I have. A couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I should have done drugs when I was younger, maybe. Well, you know, it's funny you brought that up. I wanted to bring that up because uh, I think it, it's, it was around the time I started, uh, Ed Lucy uh, uh, graciously allowed me to, to be one of the hosts on the show, and it started back in 2016. Mm -hmm. And one of the earliest shows is my favorite to this day when you and my brother Gary came down, but maybe not for the reasons you would think, but Muhammad Ali had just passed. Right. Uh, five right. days before he ended up being that late Friday night. I think we all got the word Saturday early morning. But And I had a show Wednesday. And I even forget I didn't have anything lined up. And mm -hmm. I said, wait, I, I got I to do a tribute to Muhammad Ali. And I'm, four days, me and my brother have been texting, calling, just talking Ali for four days. And, uh, and then I talked to you. And I said, Peter, we got to go down and just, just talk Ali for an hour. And we did. My brother came down. And I don't even think we mentioned Extreme. We just, it was right. All, I don't think we did either. Yeah, it was just, it was all about Ali. And it was one of my favorite shows. It, it was also one of my favorites because of that. Not only because you, I, and Gary had so much fun that night, because I love you two like brothers. But it was just that, that whole thing that night, Ali and us. But, you know, I, I was a, I grew up, idolizing Ali from 60, as early as 66, 67. Mm. And I knew a lot about him, and I followed his career, and I went to a televised fight. No, I didn't see him in person, right, televised right, the guy. Right. But that night I felt like a fish out of water with you and your brother Gary. <laughs> I, I thought I idolized him. Oh, my God, the you two, oh, your knowledge lot. of him and your love of him just... It just well, showed. Why did show I'm, you my screensaver? <laughs> um, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, it was wonderful to. It was still. Yeah, a lot of crying. The world was crying. Yeah, the world was yeah, crying. Still miss him. Yeah, still miss him. Those. Yeah. I go back to like the, he did an interview with Dick Cavett one time. Yeah. And uh, who was on it with him? Sly Stone was on it with him, and wow. this Broadway actor was on it with, and Ali's trying to. Be his the civil rights Ali, Sly Stone's joking and clowning, and Ali's not paying attention to it. it was wonderful to watch, so entertaining. He was yeah. such, again, another complex character. Oh my goodness, complex yeah. human Transcended being. The sport and life. Just, yeah, the the guts on him, Michael, to no, do what he. The yeah. guts on him. Yeah, you know, I don't even want to mention to some of the try to compare with today, but it's guts on him. Yeah. you know, He's, compared to some of the cowards. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, MJ was a great player, but MJ, you know, wouldn't say boo because he was afraid of losing an endorsement deal. That's right. Oh yeah, Ali risked it all. Risked Absolutely. It all. Rest in peace, champ. Tolonzo, yeah. station manager, I think came down and popped on and told a quick story uh, that night. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. That, was, that was great. Right. Uh, you had the drink water story. The local. Well, yes, when well, Ronnie fought him. Yeah. He pissed. Yeah. He pissed. Uh, he pissed Ali off, and uh, he knocked uh, Bevy down. Yeah, that was yeah. good stuff. Peter, always a pleasure. Uh, Same here, Michael. As I said at the top of the show, uh, you're a great friend. I admire Same you. Same here, Michael. Uh, very much. Great to have you on. Looking forward to St. Rocco's. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, Thank buddy. Thank you, Michael. And uh, being 65, what I say to a lot of people these days, like I said, love you, Michael. Love you like a brother. You're throwing that love with me. <laughs> yeah, you do that when you're 65. Right back at Thank you. Malden, you, that's our Thank show for you. tonight. And in honor of this wonderful friend of mine, I give you a quote from the late, great Johnny Cash, who said, all your life, 
You will be faced with a choice. You can choose love or hate. I choose love. Good night, Malden. Wow. Choose love. See you next month. Wow.